Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The next US presidential election may be 18 months away, but the race to be the Republican nominee, ooh, it's already heating up. And if you remember last time... I mean, first of all, this guy's a choke artist and this guy's a liar. You have a You'll know it can get quite spicy. We don't need a weak person being president of the United States, okay? Because that's what we'd get if it were just... I'll tell you what. Donald, I understand rules Mr. are very Trump, hard for you. They're very confusing. I have his book. Okay, yeah, that's on your reality Trump, TV show, not in thank, thank you for the book. Donald. Thank you for the book. Go ahead. Donald, you can get back on your mat. we a lot of fun up here tonight, I have to tell you. The Republican contest for 2024 is shaping up much the same. We might not have 17 people throwing their hat into the ring like last time. The return of Donald Trump, for one, might make some of them think again about running. But one person who is widely expected to run, but who is currently keeping his powder dry, is the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. Most people assume that Governor Ron DeSantis is going to run for president, but there hasn't been any official announcement. But when he starts making appearances in places like New York City and also Pennsylvania, that's when the speculation really starts to ramp up. After hearing DeSantis could run for the White House, Trump said, quote, we'll handle that the way I handle things. What does wow. that mean? Okay, I, I've only heard that line in movies. Yeah. <laughs> He's been called Trump 2.0, or competent Trump. He's clashed with schools on parental rights and education. He's clashed with COVID scientists on lockdown restrictions. He's even been feuding with his state's most powerful landowner, Disney. And our man in Washington has just interviewed him. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today... Ron DeSantis, is this man the next US president? My name's David Charter. I'm the US editor of The Times, based in Washington, DC. I think a good question to start with before we talk about your interview with Ron DeSantis is, who is Ron DeSantis? Um, Brief us for anyone who might not know who he is, not even know what he looks like. Ron DeSantis is really the rising star of the Republican Party at the moment. Uh, He's the governor of Florida. He's just been re-elected to that position. 
And what was very notable was that he won a landslide in Florida, which is a historically very closely divided state. He won his re-election by almost 20 points, which is unheard of there. People have delivered their verdict. Freedom is here to stay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, thanks to the overwhelming support of the people of Florida, we not only won election, we have rewritten the political map. And that just shows what a popular governor he's been with the people of Florida. And it's put him in a very good position to fulfill what we suspect are his ambitions to run for president of the United States. These races for the, well, for any high office, but particularly to be the Republican nominee for president are brutal, especially when we think back to what happened the last time we had one of these and Donald Trump was what, on a stage with 10 others viciously attacking them. So it's, it, it's tricky stuff. It certainly is. And it's a long haul. And it's starting now. We've already had Trump declare more than two years out, he declared. Uh, we've had Nikki Haley has officially entered. Donald Trump has some company. Nikki Haley today declared her candidacy for president. She previously served as governor of South Carolina and in the Trump administration as the ambassador to the United Nations. Her announcement today in a video... And several others most likely will in, in the coming weeks. And these candidates are now going to be on a roller coaster that takes them mainly through the early voting primary states. So it's going to be Iowa, New Hampshire, mainly, where we're going to see them popping up but of course, once they've announced, it will be serious. They will be mm. spending, they will all visit the Iowa State Fair in August and eat corn dogs and pose with the butter cow that's carved out of a great big lump of butter oh, in the gosh. Iowa State <laughs> Fair. And But the social media onslaughts, if nothing else from Trump, has already begun. He's given several nicknames to DeSantis, which is a sure sign that he's feared as an opponent. He's already been calling him Ron DeSanctimonious. So it's already started. So all eyes are on Ron DeSantis. He hasn't said he's going to run. Um, he's already getting these insults, as you say, from Donald Trump. So he clearly sees him as a threat. And would you believe he's got a book out? <laughs> How lucky. It is often, I would say, invariably the sign of somebody who wants to be president, that the memoirs or the political credo is summed up in their own words in a book. It's part of the process that we are now seeing when politicians want to run for president. They have to get the book out first. Can I ask quite a stupid question? You may. Did did he look presidential? What does he look like? When up close, that kind of, their hair is slightly perfect. They look like they've maybe had a little bit of work done. I don't know, that sort of statesman <laughs> waiting. Right. He does uh, look statesmanlike. Mm. I'll give him that. He, yeah. he presents himself most days and did to me in a very smart blue suit with an open neck shirt. Immaculate hair, as you say. Yeah. Firm handshake. Uh, 
smiley greeting. Gosh, um, thank you so much for having a bit of time. I yeah. really appreciate it. Absolutely. It really fantastic to meet you in person. Yeah. And you, are you from London? I, I'm based in DC. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, so I've been based in DC for four years. Actually, DeSantis is known for his abrasive attitude towards the American media. So I was a little nervous about uh, what exactly I would find when I went into his office. Four years have been really bad for, with DC with all the stuff that's gone on. I mean, that, it used to be a really cool place. Um, it's just, it's gone downhill and it's sad. But I found a guy who was willing to answer all questions, mm. um, pretty much. So where did you start with him then? Before we get into the book, can you just tell me if you, like, because I'm writing for a British publication, although we're international, of course, and we have lots of American readers, um, have you ever been to the UK? And... I thought we'd, we'd have a couple of questions about that to get going, mm. to, to see what unfriend just to break the ice. And turns out he'd had what he described as his best ever holiday with his wife, golfing their way through Northern Ireland and Scotland. We had a great time. I mean, it was one of uh, one of our all-time favorite uh, favorite trips. When it, how would you compare that St Andrew's course to other courses? I mean, it's so iconic. There's right? nothing like it. I mean, when you're when you're there, you're in the midst of the town. You know, the, the university there. Yeah. And the thing about it is, like Americans are shocked at this. It's a public course, and mm. they don't play on Sundays. So on Sunday, they're walking their dogs out right. there. They're having picnics on the 18th fairway right. where they could play the Open Championship. And so it was really, really neat. And uh, there's really nothing nothing like it uh, anywhere. In, uh, but he did say he'd never been to England and he was going to put that right pretty soon. So he could tell you in detail about the 18th fairway. What about British politics and things that uh, US presidents have willingly stuck their oar in in the past, Brexit? Right, Then we then we got into... The more serious stuff, of course. In connection with the UK, on a more slightly more serious note, I suppose. I mean, do you um, on the political side? Do you do you have a view on the Brexit that we've we've done? Um, was it something that at the time you were particularly aware of, or you thought was a, a good idea? To no, I, I was for Brexit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you know. You know, the UK is, I mean, we, we have a special relationship because we've grown out of, of British politics. You know, the, the founding fathers of this country were rebelling because they were trying to defend the rights of Englishmen. I mean, that is how our common law, all these different yeah. things. And, and I think that's unique. And I think that the more you centralize in Europe, I think that that gets watered down. I think the sovereignty gets watered down. So I was a big supporter uh, of the Brexit. I thought that that was the right thing to do. Look, look, you have good relations with people across the continent, of course, but I would not give up sovereignty um, uh, for for the European Union. I would want, uh, you know, British to be governed by British. And this is the rub, isn't it? Why why on earth should a state governor from Florida be talking to a, a foreign newspaper about matters of international politics. It's like, what can we glean from that? I mean, the whole situation, of course, of uh, the Times interviewing Ron DeSantis, from the get-go, it suggests that he's got bigger ambitions than just Florida. And I would say it was clear from the fact that it was organised in his office in the Republican Party rather than his office in the mm. Florida capital, where his governor's office is, suggested to me that this is a business that's not 
so connected with his day-to-day in Florida, but it's to do with his bigger ambitions, which, of course, I, w- I was actually left in no doubt that he is he is running for president and he's mm. going to go up against Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. But he's still being a bit coy about it. Is that right? He hasn't made his announcement yet. He told me that he was looking forward to the Florida legislative session. That's going to end on May the 5th and he will make his decisions clear and his thinking clear once that is over. But I was left in no doubt at all that he is going to run for president of the United States. Coming up, let's assume 2024 brings President DeSantis. What on earth would that look like? First this. This is Stig Abel and Asmir. We present the breakfast programme on Times Radio every Monday to Thursday from six o'clock. We talk to the leading politicians in the country. We go all around the world. We have a bit of a laugh. We can only do that thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. So subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. lots of people, well, people like Sarah Palin, who's run for vice president in the past, who say, yeah, he's good for it, but not now, Ron. Sarah Palin, who ran on the ticket in 2008, has said that he should, he's only 44. Yeah, which in US presidential terms is a toddler. <laughs> it is. I, I put the Sarah Palin thought to him that he's too young and he's, he's going too fast. I mean, there are these some voices saying, oh, there's clearly another guy who wants to wants to run. And Governor DeSantis is pretty, pretty young. You know, he's got plenty of other stuff he could be doing for now. I mean, do you buy that? Well, I mean, I would flip it around. And I think we look at the current incumbent now 
you know, don't we need some more energy in the executive? Yeah. Don't we need uh, a little bit more vigor and a little bit more punch? Because uh, I think we do, because I see a president now who's floundering around, uh, and I think that he really lacks the pizzazz and the energy uh, to, to really be a forceful executive. And I think people in Florida, I mean, we go very high octane. I what I took from that, because it was a question that was framed on Republicans who want him to, to stand aside to let Trump have another go, although he turned it onto the current incumbent, who is President Biden, who's 80. Mm. Donald Trump is 76, and the question began in that way. And it's pretty clear to me that that was a message aimed as squarely at Trump as much as Biden, that it's time for a new generation. And guess what? I'm the representative of the new generation. But was that the closest he, he would come to actually criticising Trump? Not really. I found quite a few indirect criticisms of Trump mm. uh, throughout my interview with him. There were other instances, for example, Anthony Fauci, who was Trump's leading ad advisor on the pandemic, has become a bit of a hate figure on the right uh, for his well-known pressure to have restrictions and lockdowns and distancing and masking, all of the things that DeSantis resisted in Florida and, in fact, really made his name nationally by making Florida the centre of the anti-lockdown, anti-masking movement in America. This has become a very big part of DeSantis's identity and political offering, this freedom agenda, if you like. And he, he told me that he would have fired Fauci six ways to Sunday I would have fired Fauci. Uh, I would have never had Fauci in, but uh, I would have fired him six ways from Sunday. Which, of course, is putting himself in president's shoes, right? Not just saying what Trump should have done, but really showing what he would do as, as a president. So if we can lightly assume then that he's running, um, who knows if he'd actually win when it actually comes to it. But imagine if we can, that has happened and he is president. Um, what do we know from his time in office in Florida and elsewhere that would help us understand what his presidency might look like? Well, the first thing to say is he's got to win the Republican nomination first. So that's, yeah. the big, that's a big contest. It's going to be primarily with Trump, but others, of course, throwing their hats in the ring. Then would come the election. We think it's most likely that... Biden is going to stand. It would be a very different contest, DeSantis-Biden, rather than Trump-Biden, because you've got the whole generational difference between them. You haven't got a huge policy difference between Trump and DeSantis, I don't think. DeSantis is often referred to as Trump 2.0, or perhaps... Competent Trump is another phrase that's used in the American media because he's similarly very tough on illegal immigration, definitely would want to complete the border wall and put resources into closing down illegal immigration. But also similarly to Trump, he's plunged headfirst into America's culture wars with a whole range of measures that have come through in Florida to tackle and confront what he calls the woke agenda. 
And that measures like the education bill in Florida, which has banned the teaching of sex and gender instruction or discussion for younger children, eights and under in Florida, and then limited discussion in later years to be age appropriate. And where does this, where does this anti-woke stuff come from? Is there an origin story for it? There really is in the book, and that's what I wanted to ask him about. He really roots his conservatism and more than that, his determination to combat leftism in his experiences at Yale University, where he was an undergraduate for four years. One thing that really struck me, and I have to ask you about, is it? you make Yale sound pretty horrendous. I mean, I'm a Brit, I, I, just, I don't know either way what the hell's going on there, but is it really, we were led to believe that communism was superior? Uh, so yeah, so I mean, I, I remember, I remember, I remember being in being in a class where, uh, in like a, like one of the discussion groups where they were saying, um, you know, you cannot say that this was the Soviet Union's fault. Look what America had did to to lead to uh, to, to lead to this. And I was just thinking to myself, you know. I'm all about having debate, but like, let's just be clear, there wasn't moral equivalence between the West and the Soviet uh, Union. And we saw that with how many people were killed in the Soviet Union at the hands of communism. And so when you see different things like that, and you see kind of the campus culture, and some of it was even worse with the students uh, who'd be in these classes than even some of the professors. But I never experienced any environment growing up in, in Dunedin, Florida, where people would question the existence of God, where people would, would be negative about America. He paints a picture of going to this rarefied Ivy League uh, university in the Northeast from sunny Florida, turning up in denim sh- cutaway shorts and flip-flops and finding an atmosphere where he says communism was being discussed as a better alternative than the American way. And over the course of, of my four-year tenure, uh, I gravitated and said, you know what? The foundations of the United States are, are what separates what's made this country great. Those values are really the values that need to carry the day. And the leftist critique was something that I rejected. And so if we go through the Trumpism policy checklist, border wall, anti-woke, quite aligned with Trump on climate matters as well. Absolutely. When discussing climate change and the environment, that he, if he did become president, it was very clear that he would set about reversing pretty much every move that the Biden administration has made to mitigate climate change. Is it a mad-main thing? How much effort and resources should be put into tackling it? Well, I mean, what I think it's become is a political ideology. I mean, I think the left is using that to advance an agenda that is not very good for for the average uh, person in this country or around the world, particularly in developing countries. And so what I said is, okay, if they're going to be focused on global warming and all this stuff, I view environmental stewardship as, as safeguarding the environment that we live in and see and enjoy every day. And so I said, it's going to fall on me to make sure Florida leaves to God a uh, Florida better than the one we founded. So our air restoration efforts in the Everglades, yeah. you, know, you used to not get the water to Florida Bay. Now you have massive amounts of water going yeah. there. It's replenished. That's what we should be focusing on. And here's the thing. 
we don't have California style policies on emissions or anything. And yet in Florida, our emissions have crashed because of technology. I do not believe the um, kind of the, the, the more globalist agenda uh, about some of what they're trying to do is in the best interest of the United States. And I do think we need to have a robust, independent uh, sources of energy here, including oil and gas. And so I would yeah. take the shackles off what Biden's done. Yeah. I think it's very counterproductive. I think it hurts our national security and it's gonna cause a lot of economic pain to try to force a transition to things like solar, yeah. which are not able to produce the amount of energy that we need right now. It's very much in line with Republican thinking that America is blessed with many natural resources and it's stupid to limit your use of oil and gas if it's plentiful. Where does he stand on the on the sort of spectrum of opinion that there is in the Republican Party about what to do in response to Ukraine? Because there's quite a variety of approaches. It's not as united as it is across the political divide here. So this was perhaps one of the most interesting bits for me of the interview. I felt he's got slightly conflicting thoughts on Ukraine. Because first of all, he does use it to suggest that Obama was weak and that Biden was weak. First of all, by Obama not sending weapons to Ukraine. And he he mentioned that it was Trump, despite the fact he got impeached over Ukraine. It was Trump who sent weapons to help Ukraine. So from that, you might think that he was in favour of the current policy of Biden, which is to pour a lot of weapons into the war, into the country. But when I put it to him, he was very, he was reluctant to go there. Is our policy just do whatever Zelensky wants or do we have a concrete idea of what we're trying to achieve exactly? Because if you listen to some people, they have more um, ambitious impulses of what, what will happen. Some are more um, uh, a, a little bit uh, less. In fact, because he didn't really answer the question first time, I did ask him again, so what would you do now? How would you approach Ukraine now, given the mm. situation? And he that was the point at which he quite abruptly cut off that discussion. So can you briefly say if he should be handling it differently now? Or is it... Is well, it why don't you cover some other ground? I think I've said enough. Um, yeah. And so finally, then, we've had all these hints about what he could do, would do, if he'd run for president, might run for president, who knows. Actually, at the end of the book, there is something of a, of a key clue as the fact that he's got broader ambitions. Well, I think so. And this is something I put to him again. Uh, we get to the final chapter of the book and it is called Make America Florida. Now, this, in my reading, can only be a play on the Trump election slogan, which is Make America Great Again. Mm. That is not disputed or denied by DeSantis, but what he did do in the interview was plead that it wasn't his slogan. So we start to get to the end of 2020 and there's all this merchandise in Florida. Make okay. America Florida. People are doing hats, shirts, a lot of they're linking it to me with 2024, but I had nothing to do with any of it. Yeah. It was all organic that people were doing. And I think it was like, you know, there's people in Florida that have a lot of pride about what's going on now. And they're really enthusiastic about sharing it. But we also had people in other states who yeah. were buying this stuff 
saying, wait a minute, I like what's going on in Florida. Why can't we do that? But it was all organic and I never had anything to do with any of the uh, merchandise or anything. DeSantis suggesting it was nothing to do with him that this phrase just emerged is rather typical of the narrative that he is creating, I feel, in the book, which is that he's rather being swept along by events towards this presidential run rather than actively seeking it. And it just shows you, though, that, yeah. I mean, there's people that are viewing Florida as a model uh, for success. And so, you know, it's a neat thing to see. I feel that that's where we're at now with him leading towards what I see as an inevitable run for the Republican nomination. We're starting to see like a group of representatives in Michigan writing a letter to him saying, you've really got to stand. And we're seeing donors, people who've donated to Donald Trump in the past, coming out and saying, we need the new generation, we need Ron DeSantis. So it's him, it's generously doing what the people want, is how he'd have it. <laughs> That's got to help, right? Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Luke Jones, and my guest, US editor for The Times and The Sunday Times, David Charter. You can read the rest of David's interview with Ron DeSantis and all the twists and turns of American politics at thetimes.co.uk if, if you have a subscription. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by David Crackles. If you can, leave us a review, a nice one. It helps other people find us. If you have a story, by the way, which you think we should be covering, maybe you've got an idea for a future episode or thoughts even on what you've just heard send us an email to stories of our times at thetimes.co.uk thanks for listening goodbye